Welcome to Solo 2.0, an empowerment podcast hosted by two sisters living in LA, making their way through the health and wellness world. I'm Ryan Birch. And I'm Jess Dukan. Each week, we're committed to bringing you conversations with risk-taking, resilient guests from diverse backgrounds, interviews with experts on controversial or misunderstood topics that will expand your perspective, and lively roundtable discussions with our mom, hormone health educator, Candace Birch. We're driven to provide the support and motivation needed to ignite growth, confidence, and purpose so you can step into that 2.0 version of you. We can't wait to dig into these conversations and hope you'll join us every week for a new episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back for a holiday edition of Solo 2.0 Podcast. I'm Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Blessed by Jess. And I'm Ryan, co-founder of Your Hormone Balance. Yeah, happy holidays, everybody. I cannot believe the holidays are already here. Yeah, it's insane. So when this comes out, it'll be Christmas Eve. Ah, Yeah. Not ready, but ready. (laughs) It truly feels like it was July yesterday. I know. But that's part of the problem. That's why we wanted to do this episode around uh, reflection, intention setting, and overcoming challenges because life just flies by. And before you know it, it can feel like you didn't really make progress with your goals or have time to really focus on you. So this is all about helping you look inward, get connected with yourself and create action steps to help you achieve your goals and intentions going into 2020. So we really want to dive right in. Uh, we want to make this a shorter than normal episode and really maximize the value. Good luck to us. Yeah, Ryan, it can I be struggle really, <laughs> really hard. Um, one of our intentions. Yes, exactly. So we're going to start with the re the exercise of reflection. And this is something that I've talked a lot about at events and I created a really pretty worksheet uh, solo worksheet, which has reflection on one, uh, reflection journaling prompts on one side, and then what I call projection journaling prompts on the other side to kind of help you think about how you feel about your life, the different areas of your life, what feels good, what needs work, and then help you move to action. So I'm going to just focus on the reflection part and Jess is going to handle the kind of part about setting intentions and moving to action on those intentions. But, uh, you know, today we're going to go through relationships, success and health, but keep in mind that these are just ideas and this kind of an exercise can work for any area of your life that you want to focus on or any area of your life that you're feeling really like you've made progress this year and you, you know, you can go through past these categories to personal development, to just zeroing in on something like fitness, whatever feels good to you. And I know that some people feel often overwhelmed doing something like this, like all in a row, because it can take a while. I love to like create a time in my week where I just sit down and I journal for maybe over an hour, but that's me. And I love to journal. So do this in parts, you know, you could do 20 minutes at a time, whatever again, feels good to you. And we encourage you to kind of go back and listen to this episode too, to, you know, pause and take notes. Ideally you would be taking notes throughout this. If you're driving, you can just think through your answers or maybe pause. But, um, yeah, we, We'll start with relationships. So thinking about all the different relationships in your life from maybe your partner to a family member to a friend, a coworker, or even focusing on yourself, 
choose one person or relationship you want to really zero in on for this. And now when you take this exercise on your own, you can do multiple relationships, but for today, we'll just zero in on one and think about that one relationship and ask yourself what feels really good about this relationship right now, this year, what's been really great. And I'm going to give you some pauses, some moments to think about this throughout. (laughs) What needs work in this relationship? Why is this relationship important to you? Now, again, pause if you want to write down an answer and think through. We're going to give you an example so that maybe it can help get your juices flowing here. So for me, when I think about relationships, I'm so proud of the relationship that I have with my parents and Jess and the fact that we've worked together these last two years and like are together a lot. And I'm proud of all the things we've accomplished in our business, but I, and that's what feels really good is that we work together so well and we've made such strides. What needs work is that we kind of only talk about work. Mm -hmm. And every time I'm talking to mom or dad, it's about a business related thing. And it's like, Oh, how are you doing? Oh, we just zoom by any life stuff or the life stuff turns into business talk. Like it, yeah. strike, it makes somehow us, we come back around to somehow, business. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about hormones again, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow. So my personal goal, when I ask the question, well, obviously why is this relationship important to me? It's my family and we've always been close. And before the business, we caught up not like we're not, I don't, I'm not somebody that talks to my parents every day, but when we would catch up, it would be like all just life stuff, health, sleep. How's Thomas doing? How's, you know, like that's so what's happening. And now there's really none of that. And it just like, it's, it's a big goal for me to, to improve that and to make more time for those conversations or figure out maybe how we can reduce the long chats just about the business. So again, this is reflection. This is purely thinking about your relationship and with this person not moving to like, what am I going to do about it? But that is what we're going to do in the next part. Jess, did you have anything you would want to share? Um, when it comes to relationships, um, putting okay. you on the spot cause you didn't yeah, know you were going to yeah, do this. I was this. like, Oh, let me think. We can also just move I to, mean, I have flawless relationships with everybody that I come into contact <laughs> with. So I can't really improve. No room for growth. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. No. Um, I would say, well, what you said is so good. Um, but I think, okay. So when it comes to my relationship with something that I'm, choose, that I think needs to be one, improved. Choose one relationship. Okay, so I will choose Josh, my husband, and then guide me through it again. What feels good about this relationship? Okay, so what feels good about this relationship is I can honestly say that he's still my best friend after being together almost 10 years, and somehow we always have something to talk about, and we have a lot of fun together. That's great. What needs work? Um, What needs work is me not being a nag. (laughs) (laughs) you can't help but like health coach your husband yes I think sometimes I've worked on it but it still pops up when um I'm nagging because 
he doesn't clean the apartment the same way that maybe I would like the apartment cleaned or like just doesn't pick up on things that kind of give me anxiety about the house just needs a lot of reminders and I just feel like I could be more patient instead of snapping at him sometimes Perfect. And I would ask why this relationship is important to you, but I think for like family and your partner, it is more obvious. Um, yeah. Cause I don't want to get divorced. <laughs> no. There you go. But some, <laughs> you know, some of these relationships, it's like, you could think about, sometimes it's like, you feel that you need to improve a relationship because you, because it, it's for that person. It's like, Oh, I need to make plans with this person. Cause like, Cause I know that would make them happy. Right. And this is focusing on the relationships that bring value to you that are healthy for you. And, and, and why, why is that? You know, well, when I you miss like people or you, you lose contact with people, like, what are you missing? What did they do for you? That's kind of what that question is about. Why is it important to you? Yeah. I like the way you frame that because it is true that it can't be just one sided. I think in my situation, I want to speak I want to be less snarky with him because for me, it's like the things add up and I don't say it in the moment. It just comes out in like this burst of sort of annoyance, which Mm. then he gets really offensive because it's like, or defensive because it's like, where is this coming from? And then he's upset and then we're just not vibing. And then it's sort of like the day is a weird vibe. Whereas, you know, if it weren't that way and I were just to say it nicely as it came along, you know, and kind of used positive reinforcement because that definitely works better with him. Yeah. You know, we would have a conversation about it. We'd nip it in the bud and then we'd move about our day and it wouldn't build up. And I not think that more of like a talking down. Kind yeah. Of a tone. I never want to sound like you're talking down to somebody. And I know sometimes I can come off that way. So, no, oh, that's, that's great to acknowledge and be honest about because mm-hmm. that's the first step to making Jess change. Can sometimes be a little bitch. <laughs> So the next category is success. And this, in my mind, success is, you know, a a huge term and it can mean so many things to so many people. And this category, I've given the options, choose one thing, career, finances, passion project, or a side hustle, or education. So pick one of those things. When it comes to my blank, I am most proud of. So it could be when it comes to my career, when it comes to my finances, when it comes to maybe you've gone back to school. What are you most proud of? What are you struggling with the most? And what is it that is keeping you from progressing? Okay. So I will give an example of this for this one for myself. When it comes to my passion project, I will talk about the original solo. She only lives once.com that I'm going to be relaunching as an empowerment guide that I've been working on for three years. And I was just talking to my friend Katie about this. She was a designer I met with and I have had so many ideas like it's this crazy vision that I've barely been able to control in my own mind, like where I want to go with it. It got a little out of control there for a minute. Is that why you're up till 3am lately <clears throat> sending me 3am texts? Well, on Friday night I had like a resurgence of ideas and I haven't. So this has been a passion project for a few years and I won't go into all the detail of it, but when it comes to this passion project, you know, it was once a blog 
with my friend Erica. We shut it down. I've been working on like a revised version of it. The podcast happened first, but the site will happen. And I'm proud of myself for continuing to work on it at my own pace and being graceful to myself, knowing that like I told people it would be out like two years ago, you know, and maybe I seem like just sometimes I feel like I'm just talking about it and people are like, oh, it'll never happen. But I'm just proud of myself for focusing on what I want it to be and like what my purpose is with it. It's really just to like help other people develop healthier habits. And as I'm learning these healthier habits myself and sharing education that I'm also like learning and growing from myself. Um, so I'm proud of it for keeping it alive. I'm struggling with the most with just like making time for it and, um, what's keeping me from progressing is just, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think not creating like clear deadlines for myself maybe in each week and just like letting it be this like ever flowing Do you feel project. like sometimes, not to like coach you, but I'm just curious, like, do you feel like sometimes because it's already been three years, it's like, oh, well, what's another, yeah. you know, a few months? Cause it's totally, it, no one's know. waiting on it. Yeah. And you're also so busy. You're running a business and we have this podcast. Well, the podcast kind of is complicated things right. cause it's like another passion project. So exactly. this is like my second passion project, which Thomas thinks I'm crazy, but it's in my brain and it needs to get out there in some form or another. I think I built it up too big in my head. I think that's what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, so this might be a tough one for people to relate to the example that I'm giving. I'm just so top of mine right now for me, but like, what is it maybe just for your, let's do this example with you. So fill in the blank when it comes to my, for you, I think it would be helpful for people to hear your career. Okay. What are you most proud of? Um, okay. So what I'm most proud of, this is very in the moment. So excuse the few ums I'm trying to think what I'm most proud of, I think is I'm really just proud of the community that has been created as a result of me growing this business. And by community, I mean the events that I've put together with you and with the other women and Rachel, the retreats we've done and just seeing like the transformations and the stories and just people coming together. And then my clients and just feeling like I'm at a point where all of the clients that I have or that I've had in the past year or so have been what I call like soulmate clients. Mm. And I feel this huge connection to them and I love them. And I just, you know, the friendships I've made, I think it's just a really supportive, um, place to be. And I'm proud of that. I'm not saying it's all me by any means, uh, but it it is your, you know, you have created your own community and it's pretty amazing. All the women that I know, like love having worked with you, love like connecting with you just on Instagram. Like you've really made a difference and all the podcasts you've been on, like your messages strike a chord with people and, and that is just so meaningful. It's really fun. I'm I'm really grateful. So what are you struggling with the most right now? Why Um, do you think that is? I think I'm struggling the most with just, gosh, what am I struggling the most with? I think getting a clear vision on what's next, like where I want to put the majority of my focus because there's so many things I want to be doing. Yeah. And it's like, I'm so excited about the podcast that I really just want to like put all my time towards that and my clients. But, um, because it is a passion project for me, I need to like start focusing on what's next, you know? And so I think that's maybe what I'm struggling getting really clear on. Yeah. And I think ideas can, can really get out of hand sometimes. Mm -hmm. And people, it's like 
you can have a lot of good ideas, but that doesn't mean every idea is really going to be executed well or really work out. Mm -hmm. It's like good in theory, but then how to, you know, so it's learning how to like wrangle those ideas and like boil it down to something that like fits into your schedule. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I need to stop coming up with ideas sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm very guilty of that too. So moving to health and health goals, let's zero in on one of the following areas as you think about your goals or as you think about your reflection, nutrition, exercise, mindfulness, self-care, or sleep. So in the areas of health, what do you really want to focus on? Nutrition, exercise, mindfulness, self-care, or sleep. So first question, what part of my routine makes me feel healthy, happy, and strong? What do I need to make more time for? And what habit do I need to kick or improve upon? So I am totally going off the cuff here too. Uh, What part of my routine makes me feel healthy, happy, and strong? I'm going to say my exercise routine. I feel like over the last... 10 years with the help of Thomas being such an athlete, I have really gotten to the place where like exercise is a non-negotiable for me. And I've now been doing a lot more running on the curve, which is like a self uh, powered treadmill. So instead of being on the treadmill for 30 minutes, I can jump on it for 10, 15, get a really good sweat in. And that's been making me feel really good. And then I always have done strength training and like Uh, just is really important to me to feel so strong and like continue building up. One of my biggest things that I'm proud of is being able to do pull-ups and trying to just always do more and more. And so that makes me feel really strong. I can do assisted pull-ups. Well, I encourage people to find the assisted pull-up machine at your gym and start on that. Like you'll figure out real quick what, how much weight you need to add. And then every week, just keep doing it. Like do, just try to do as many sets until you, until fa- failure. And eventually you'll be able to do them unassisted. Well, I've been working on it for a few months and I can't, but, well, <laughs> but and is it a consistent part of your routine? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I think I'll keep it, doing it. Yeah. You just, oh, well, I go lighter on the weights a lot. Like I'm not, I don't have to have as much weight on it. So I'm definitely improving. Well, that's, that's what I mean. It's, it's a gradual improvement. So yeah, no, anyway, I feel good about that. And then what do I need to make more time for? I would say, um, hmm, probably just getting more cardio. That's always just the last thing. And, and I don't, I don't think that that's like a requirement, but it just does make me feel good to get in a good sweat. So always trying to make more time for that. And what habit do I need to kick or improve upon when it comes to exercise? I think that I just always push extra, like I just don't allow enough time for it. So I'll just like work up until the point that I was like planning on going to the gym. And then it's like, Oh, I have to go to the doctor. I have to go to Jess's to, so my workout is, is cut short. So it's kind of like, I'm always sacrificing my own self-care habits Mm -hmm. to like for work. Yeah. I need to be better at shutting down and making those boundaries for myself. What would you say, Jess? So starting with what part of my routine makes me feel healthy, happy, and strong? Okay. So for this one, I don't want to use the same example because I feel like I was going to say exercise, but, um, gosh, I would say 
I was, you know, I would typically say my morning routine, but I'm going to be really honest that that's probably the area that needs a little help right now. Cause I just got a new puppy and I was like reading and journaling and all that stuff in the morning. And she just like wakes us up really early and it's bounds of energy. So this isn't supposed to be just only what you're feeling good about though. This yes. is supposed to be like identifying areas too that like need work, you know? Yeah. So I think that so that totally would be fun. the area, like I'm kind of answering that one first. Mm-hmm. That's the last part of it. But I would say that's the habit that I probably need to improve upon is that Crash. We have this like little pit bull pup and she gets up early. She's so full of energy. She wants to play. We take her out. Then she has to eat. And then it's like, I try to go, I like to get my workout in first thing in the morning. So I haven't been having my morning routine. And I think that once she's a little bit more trained up, like I definitely want to get back into not checking my phone for 30 minutes in the morning. Like I was doing before I'm journaling my priorities for the day, reading a chapter out of my book and like drinking like some warm lemon water. Um, and I think that is just, if I'm being honest with myself, that will come when she's a little bit more trained up because we're having to take her out in the middle of the night. So I'm sleeping a little bit later. Um, I will say this is giving me some perspective on mothers out there that, you know, and clients I've had that are like, I'm too tired in the morning to like have a morning routine or work out. It's like, oh gosh, I kind of get it now that, you know, I'm getting up at 12 and three and it's hard, but I definitely think that there's ways that I could, you know, have Josh take a little bit more responsibility during certain times of the mornings that I have my time and then I'll take her. So he has his time to do his thing in the morning. But I think the part that does make me feel, um, the happiest is just getting out in nature and just getting some sunlight every day, going for a walk with her now is really nice and having that sort of like excuse or absolute need to take her on a walk. So I think that's the part I really like. Well, and life happens and I mean, you guys chose to get a puppy, but obviously like that changes your entire life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like holding yourself to the standard of my routine, like I think we can tend to do that sometimes when life happens or like new things are introduced and it's like, oh, like you're feeling down on yourself or like for not doing the same things you did before, but it's like taking a step back and Mm re-shifting your schedule to, and being more realistic and maybe not having as much time as you did before for a routine because now you have a baby. And by the way, she, what am I saying? She is my happiest part of my self-care routine (laughs) because she makes me so happy and I love that every time I look at her, she just makes me smile and she wants so much attention. She gives me so many licks and she makes me so present and just, you know, forces me to take breaks in the day, which is really good. I just, I love her. So she's my, yeah, best she's part a, of my Yeah, routine. it's like a new boost to your day. A new, I mean, every time I come over here, it's just like straight pure joy. Oh, pure joy. Like, you can't, you can't be upset. You can't help but like giggle and like lose yourself. <laughs> she's just so cute. So that's the end of this exercise. It, might feel a little backwards to kind of hear it instead of going through it. I would really love if you want this exercise, it's a really pretty worksheet to DM us at solo 2.0 podcast. And I would be happy to email it to you. Like I said, there's a whole nother side that what, what we do is we build upon these areas that we're, we're thinking through and, and move to action. Like, okay, I've identified this as an issue or this feels good. Now, how do I how do I make progress? So that's what we're going to get into right now with Jess with intention setting. And, 
yeah, again, just email us or DM us and I'll send this over and you can go more in depth on like more than one category for sure. We should take a photo of it and yeah. show it on Instagram, but I'm really excited that I'm Rye has said that I can gift these journals to my clients for Christmas. So they're so funny. She asked me if she could like pay, pay me for these. Well, I want to support I'm like, you. Why would I ever charge my sister? I want to support you. It's like a free thing that I created. Such a so good gift. You're so sweet. <laughs> um, but no, they're really, really gorgeous. So, okay. Moving into intentions. This is something that. I, you know, I traded resolutions for intentions probably about four years ago. And it was really when I quit my corporate job and started on this journey of health coaching that I, you know, really wanted to change the things that weren't working for me in the past that had put me into that sort of all or nothing mentality that had made me spiral out and feel guilty for, you know, not accomplishing exactly the goals that I wanted to do. And so we'll go into a little bit of that sort of like guilty feeling, but just to, uh, expand on what intention setting is, if you haven't heard of it before, it's just the process of choosing powerful actions that are followed by a service to yourself or others, um, a service commitment to yourself or others. So for example, if you were to say, I want a new job this year, you could follow that statement up by saying something like, so that I can be happier in my life and show up as a more positive friend and a more present partner. Or I want to make money so that I can be more openly generous with my family, my friends, and my husband so that I can go on trips because that fills me up. Um, you know, and those are just a couple of examples, but it feels in my mind, at least just so much more realistic than an intention. It doesn't bring up those feelings of dread or undesired pressures. And another, so, wait, you said so much more realistic than a intention then. Oh, sorry. Then setting resolutions. Yeah. So intentions to me are just a lot more realistic. Resolutions can be very daunting and, and we'll get into that, but I always encourage you when you're writing out your intentions to veer away from any negative verbiage that tends to go along with resolution. So a lot of times with a resolution, you might hear something like just a common one with diet culture is like lose 10 pounds by the end of February or by spring break. Um, or, you know, stop drinking coffee, cold Turkey, you know, or maybe it's not even negative. Maybe it's something like meditate every day for 20 minutes a day. Well, that's great in theory, but if you're not meditating at all right now, saying mm. that you're going to meditate every single day for 20 minutes isn't probably realistic and also kind of sets you up to feel guilty if it doesn't happen yeah. because it's not realistic. It's probably not going to happen. And then you feel guilty. You just throw in the towel. You're like, screw it. I don't want to feel bad about myself anymore. I'm just not going to do it at all. So you get into that sort of like all or nothing mentality. So let's say that you want, did really want to stop drinking coffee. Maybe you could try choosing affirmative words like experiment with adding green tea, green tea into my morning routine in place of coffee um, for a reason. So maybe it's so that I can feel more energized. I don't have that 3 p.m. crash, you know. And if you can try to, I just used a couple of negatives, but try to really put it in that positive so that you can kind of visualize yourself in that place. And it's so magnetic that you actually almost feel like you're already there. So resolutions, on the other hand, imply resolving problems or 
giving something up, which not only encourages shitty self-talk, but it puts so much pressure on ourselves to change our habits in one day. And intentions are about changing our core behaviors and the way we view ourselves from a deeper perspective. So we can really accept our mistakes and kind of see them as lessons. You know, I always say like, there's not really failures, there's gifts because you always learn something from those failures and you can really focus forward instead of always looking back. And I find that resolutions are usually quick fixes. So, I mean, we've all noticed how you go to the gym on January 2nd and it's like insanely crowded. You can't get a machine. Everybody's there. It's so hot and sweaty. You, I mean, it's just really annoying. Or think about how many of your friends jump on the dry drain dry January train where it's like, I'm not drinking at all for the month of January, except for January 1st, of course, cause I'm going to do like bottomless mimosas and like eat, you know, bottomless brunch. Cause I need to like get it all out until I'm not drinking anymore at all. And I think a lot of times what happens with something like that is like something comes up where someone says, Oh, I just have this like one event, you know, just have one night. And then you're like, Oh, okay. I'll have like one cheat night. And then that cheat night makes you feel guilty. And And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that kind of felt good. So maybe I'll just, you know, once a week I'll, I'll drink. And then it kind of, you know, backfires and you're drinking more than you ever were before. Maybe not, but that's an example that I have seen. So instead of, let's say you have a new year's resolution to go to the gym every single day, you could set an intention to keep your body healthy and strong, including focusing on cooking meals from home at least three times a week and switching up your workout routine regularly so that you don't get bored. And I've always known that research shows that it takes about six months to implement positive change. So if you can start with really small attainable goals and build on them as the year goes, you know, you're so much more likely to reach that desired state, you're going to feel less restricted. You're going to feel less guilty and you're going to have more fun. We just really have to get away from that place of doing everything or doing nothing at all, the extremes. And that's the yo-yo that I was on for many years. And it's just not a fun place to be. So right. I would love if you can give us an example for one of the intentions that you want to set this new year. And then after that, we'll move into the second part, which is creating some clear action steps to go along with it, to keep you accountable. Yes. I will build off of the relationship that I talked about earlier of wanting to improve the quality of conversation with my parents to expand beyond just work conversation. And this is important because I want to be able to connect on a deeper level, you know, and like really just be aware of what's going on in each other's lives. Yeah. And just have more fun when we're together. Yeah. When we're together. Mm -hmm. That's a great one. Okay. So now the most important part of your intention, because obviously that is a great intention. It means a lot to you. Uh, You have a strong why behind it. The next step is to create an action step to go along with it so that you're able to move to action in a really realistic way. So often we can have all of these steps that we're going to take and it is just too much and we burn out quickly. And then all of a sudden we're not accomplishing any part of our intention. So Ryan, I believe that just starting really, really small with one step that you can take, you know, this month in January or it's not January yet, but in January, take that one step. And then once you've accomplished that step, then you can add on another one. And as you go, you'll continue to layer on, but just starting with one really strong one. Yeah. So I think for me, it's going to be to have a conversation with them about 
when we have calls, like let's designate between ones that are work calls and just kind of setting a boundary, I think. And then like being, if we're conscious of that, like this is a catch up call. Yeah. And making sure that there's like some kind of a, like a pattern, like, okay, last week we had a catch up call. Just being aware that like, there's even a difference between the calls, I think is my first step. And that's really having even a conversation. It's been hard because they've been in England and like, it's really hard to get a hold of them period. But, um, when I do get a hold of them, it's just work. So I'm gonna, and they're coming back soon. So this is this is something where it's kind of like when they get back, especially around Christmas, uh, we'll have this conversation and can move into the new year when they're back at home, having like a nice schedule of phone chats, or like I said earlier, maybe making some of these conversations more emails so that it's not always a phone call about business details that could be figured out. Yeah. What do you think would work if let's say you're on the catch up call and mom turns something that you're talking about on the catch-up call into like a business thing. Cause I think, I think I just need to have boundaries again and, and be like, yeah, let's get to that. It's not like I can't be flexible. Like I can't discuss it. I'm not really like that. So I I would more so be like, let's just keep catching up for a little bit longer. And then if we have time, let's talk about that. Otherwise let's pick another time. Yeah. But I, but I'm, you know, in, in my journaling exercises, I, I definitely think it's important to like go through these exercises and like set your goal and then like get out your calendar or your planner and like put it on the calendar. Yeah. So that was my next question. When will you kind of have this boundary talk? Yeah. So it'll be when they're back in town and we have our, our big family meeting for 2020 and well, you know, it, there's not a, a big point in having this conversation before then. Cause it's just chaos with them traveling. Yeah. Um, although I could definitely do some small things to kind of push the conversation in that way for sure. But I think a, a bigger conversation and you know, maybe they'll listen to this episode and be like, Oh wow. I didn't realize she felt that way. Cause I'm sure they've felt that way. It's, it's yeah, not like any, nobody wants to like only talk about business, but anyway, so that would be men. And there's been so many exciting life things happening that there's so much to catch up on. Yeah, yeah. Great one, Ray. So I want to give an example of my intention before we move on. And this one is is different. I want to sign up for a once a week hip hop dance class. And I I would like to start this in the new year. And the reason is that I want to find new ways to move my body and learn a new skill that challenges me, but also makes me laugh and gives me an outlet outside of typical workouts and self-care routines, just something very new and uncomfortable. Cause I think I need to keep challenging myself to those things. I think life can get so serious and I kind of want to like channel my 22 year old self that would go out to like 2am and dance crazy to hip hop music but this way I can do it and still be home by nine and not have a hangover. So <laughs> <laughs> I like this intention, but for an action step, I have actually already reached out to one of our previous guests, Deja Riley. And I asked her, she's an incredible dancer. I asked her if she had any recommendations for hip hop studios that would be like a very beginner level in the LA area. And she sent me a ton of recommendations, Awesome, which was so nice. She sent me the most thoughtful text and a bunch of teacher recommendations as well. So my action step is that I want to look up the recommendations that she gave me and just do a little research on each of the studios and the teachers 
And that's my first action step before even signing up. I need to do the research. So I'm putting that on my calendar for the first week in January because I don't want it to feel like another thing on my to-do list around the holidays, even though it's something fun. I just think I already have so much going on it's that not I'm going to start the new year fresh and, and do it that way. That's great. Yeah. My friend Allie t- uh, was teaching a hip hop class recently and it was one of the most fun things I've done lately. So I yeah, love that goal. And it's like, you don't want to, I mean, part of me is I've been wanting to do this for a couple of years, but you're held back because it's like, oh, I'm going to be bad at it. But I 100% was. Yeah. But that's like part of the fun is that you laugh. Yeah. You kind of just learn to laugh at yourself and you know, you take a beginner class. So everybody else is a beginner too. Yeah. It just feels good to do something mm-hmm. new. Yeah. So with all of this said, we're going to sort of end things out by just acknowledging that we know that life happens and crazy life events can come down on you that just flip your world upside down and make it really hard to move forward with any of your personal goals. And we 100% understand that. I mean, those times come, we've been through a lot of loss like last year. And, um, even as recently as this week, our grandfather passed away and, um, it just, you know, sometimes you can't plan your life the way that you had planned. But there are also a lot of challenges in life that you can get ahead of and that you can plan for. And so we wanted to talk about some ways to help you overcome challenges. I think I hear a lot of times from people, it's like, uh, like, it's like complaining about things that happened or like, Oh, I just never have time, you know, never have time for this or that. But like when you really think critically and you sit down and you, you do a journaling exercise or you plan out your week, like a lot of times you can, you can set yourself up for success a little bit better. Yeah. And so one of those ways, again, is journaling, getting proactive instead of reactive. One thing I love to do is like on a Sunday, sometimes Monday, sit down and I look at my whole week. I write down every social engagement, appointment, um, work-related activity, like work, uh, I guess like, maybe podcast recording, anything work related. And then I sit down and I estimate how long each of those tasks will take. And I'm sure most people do something similar, but that's, that I think is the most crucial thing is like, we can put so many things on our to-do list and not allow enough time for how long they really Mm -hmm. take and not factor in like, Oh, I'm going to the gym at this time. And this is how long it takes me to get there and to get back. And it takes a while to like think through your whole week and write down every single thing that you have, but it's crucial for time management. And those appointments that you have, it's like, like I went to the doctor today, they were 40 minutes late for yeah, my it's appointment. Never just an hour. So I had budgeted like extra an extra 45 minutes. So that was good. Um, and I, and I felt I ended up being right on my schedule and, and it always changes. So you can't get like stressed out about it, but I think it's just that like really going through your calendar, all of your events and like making sure everything is on there to set, set yourself up for success and thinking through those things. Like if you have a work happy hour, if you're trying to stick to like, maybe like for me, I have SIBO. Sometimes I have to be on like a eating plan to help like reduce my symptoms. Sometimes I can go into things like that and it's really challenging if I don't have a plan. And if I didn't think through ahead of time, what am I going to eat before I go? What am I, you know, not to starve myself, whatever. And so it's creating a plan for yourself. If you're eating out and you've really wanted to 
you know, reduce carbs, whatever your goal is, like look at the menu, see how you can feel nourished and full with healthy options that they have, but, but not make like a rash last minute decision because you're feeling frazzled and you're with a bunch of people and you have no time. Like, yeah, it's like you we could have about. taken the time to look it up ahead of time. And that's something that we're all guilty of, but just that reminder to take the time and plan ahead. I was just going to say, it's just like what we talked about in the holiday hacks episode with scripting your setbacks. So if you want a little refresher, that's a good one to listen to. Yeah, definitely. And of course, another thing you've talked about a lot is the use of the word no. You know, a lot of times we create challenges for ourselves by just agreeing to too much. All of a sudden our calendar is full with things that like we could have not agreed to Mm -hmm. by just very nicely saying, I'm not so sure about that. Like I'll wait and see, like I have to see how my week is shaking up because I've got a lot going on and then make a last minute decision. If by the time you get to that date, you're realizing that week is too full, then you, then you are grateful that you didn't make that plan, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so that you're not overloaded. So saying no and not just, that's just, you're giving yourself challenges. And this is 100% what I do. So I am always working on just not saying, not agreeing to things. And I think I'm getting better at at doing that and waiting until closer to the time to kind of let someone know. And people always understand. Mm -hmm. I have this like little quote in my head that's like probably circulating Instagram somewhere that's like, if it's not a hell no, or if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. (laughs) So I think about that when I'm choosing what to say no to. Nice. So a couple of my tips are one to find an accountability partner coach. It's really tough to be accountable to yourself. I mean, and I think we have to give ourselves a break in that area. I, I talk to women and men all the time who beat themselves up for not being able to accomplish their goals and we are all doing so much. So sometimes it's just that you need a little help and it's okay to ask for help. So doing something, you know, let's say that your goal is to, you know, try a new workout class or go to a dance class or something like that. Instead of just relying on yourself, maybe hit up a friend and see if they'd want to try a new dance class together. I actually asked a friend if they'd be down to do a hip hop class with me. And she said, yes, it sounded so fun. So just to have somebody that is in it with you, that signs up for the class at the same time as you, that's waiting there for you, that's counting on you, you know, that can be really helpful. And then you also have that support. So if you're in a new class, like I'm doing a hip hop class and you start to feel silly, you have someone there with you to kind of laugh it off and talk about it afterwards. And then, you know, working with coach, I'm not saying it has to be me, but you know, I do work with, with women and these women have incredible intentions, incredible goals, you know, they're doing so much. And it's just having that person to kind of help guide through their thoughts and to set those realistic action steps and to check in and see, say, how's it going or to offer solutions or tips and tricks to kind of move the needle forward. And then also, you know, to cut you some slack when things aren't maybe working out. And like Rai said, you know, it's okay if, if the plans don't turn out exactly the way they were going to, or if things change, you can always tweak as you go. So accountability is key. I feel like when you're only accountable to yourself, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't want to go. I feel like Mm -hmm. sometimes Thomas is my accountability partner because he is such an athlete that like, I'm like, uh, like I can be really lazy or or not want to go to the gym. And and from so many years together, I'm like, no, now I see it as like a really valuable part of my routine and he's always going. And so it's like something we do together. Yeah. Yeah. And And we enjoy it together. I think that's a good one. I think your partner can definitely be your accountability buddy. Like if you want to start to meditate in the morning or have like some quiet time in the morning, if you are with your partner, maybe 
you decide together to not check your phones for 20 minutes and you keep yeah. each other accountable to that. Yeah. I know Josh has done that for me before where he's like hidden my phone. And, you know, that's kind of helpful, at least when you're first getting going. So I actually just had a client text me saying, hey, I need you to make sure that I work out tomorrow morning. Please check in (laughs) with me at 7 a.m. That's so smart. Yeah. Yeah. And you could do that with a friend. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I need to answer to somebody. Yeah. I think that's so important. Yeah, exactly. So we finally wanted to wrap up with something that we heard from a recent guest who we had on the pod. Um, his name's Abel James and he's the creator of the fat burning man podcast. He, his episode is coming out, I think in February, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. So he said something that actually really resonated with Ryan and I, and it is to trade consuming for creating which we thought was just really beautiful and such a good challenge for all of us going into the new year. And it just so often feels like we don't have enough time, like we said, to get everything done, to get the self-care in, to sleep enough, to do activities, to work out, to make time for friends. But there's so much more room for creativity when we reduce our consumption of social media, TV, Facebook, you know, all of the things that we're consuming on a regular basis. And we've talked about this before, but, you know, go into your social media settings and go into the account settings and set a time limit for yourself on how long you want to spend on social media. And in addition to that, you can also see, you know, how much time you're spending on average every single day on social media. You can also set, um, you can also see on your iPhone and probably Androids, how much time you're spending on screen time in general, which can be really, really kind of terrifying. I know that there's certain days that I am just kind of sickened by how much screen time I've had. And so, you know, and then when you are scrolling and it's like, what kind of content are you consuming? Is it making you feel guilty? Is it making you feel good? Is it making you resentful? Are you jealous? You know, and a lot of those feelings are not positive. A lot of them when we're consuming are negative, especially when it comes to the comparison game. And also the news right now is pretty depressing. So, you know, that's that consuming can really get in your head and cause anxiety and depression and fear. So find some, you know, we challenge you to do something like delete your Instagram for at least a day next week. Or like we said, set your Instagram activity really low so you can keep an eye on that. Maybe it's 15 minutes a day and, and put that extra time that you have towards something more creative. You know, it could be that you want to get back into reading a book. It could be that, and I guess that could be consuming. I would have to ask him, but if it's... No, I th- well, no, that's not, I don't think a book could not be considered yeah. negative. No, no, no. I mean, I think if... I think it's more like mind mindless consumption. Right. I do feel like if you're consuming, if you're reading a book that is dark or is like way too educational and it's adding more stress, you know, maybe something lighthearted and fun that really kind of takes you away. I know I would love to get back in. Be open to interpretation. Open to interpretation. Because if you're just only reading and never, like, I guess if you're somebody that never has time for creativity or like being alone in your own thoughts, maybe that's a good challenge. Totally. But other ways of being creative, like maybe like Rosemary, the florist talked about on one of our episodes, creating your own bouquet of flowers, you know, or creating your own succulent arrangements, or maybe for the new year, it's doing a vision board and getting out paints and colors and magazines and just like getting dirty on the floor. You know, I think, I don't know if you have any other examples that. Well, Thomas and I have been talking about doing like a pottery class 
uh, one of my friends did a, her birthday there and there's a place in downtown LA at the row where you can like actually shape it mm. into like bowls and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I wanted and then to do you that. can paint it. So that's one thing we've also, we both want to learn garage band and like make our own music. Cause I love to sing and he's really into rap music and hip hop. So we were like, this would be a great thing to do. Like make our own songs, like not for anyone to see, but like just to creatively have our own little thing. That's so fun. I didn't know that. Just some ideas. Oh, I really like that. (laughs) Yeah. So to wrap things up, we just hope that you all found this helpful, that you maybe replayed this when you have a pen and paper, repeat these activities, reach out to get the journaling exercise if you want something more concrete to work through. And, you know, just keep giving yourself some grace knowing that your plans and goals and intentions will change and that's okay. It's just making the effort to check back in on these intentions and goals, update them, you know, scratch things out if they've happened, add things if you have more. It's okay. Just making a concerted effort to check in with yourself is the most important gift that you can give yourself. Amen, sister. And before we go, we wanted to share this really fun holiday giveaway we're doing. We've partnered up with the brand new website, willowbee.co. So that's W-I-L-L-O-W-B-E-E.co, whose mission is to create an eco-friendly marketplace for consumers who have made the choice to purchase more sustainable goods. We really love this brand because we know and trust the founder and also because each purchase makes a difference for your health and the health of the planet. Plus, 10% of every purchase is going to go to the charity of your choice, which we think is a really nice way to give back, especially around the holidays and going into the new year. So if you want to win a set of cutlery with eco-friendly bowls and palm leaf plates, simply take a screenshot of this episode and tag us on your Instagram stories at solo 2.0 podcast. And if you mention your biggest takeaway from this episode, you'll get a bonus entry. We'll announce the winner Wednesday, January 1st on Instagram. So stay tuned for that. Yes. And thank you so much for listening. And remember, even if nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight. So be patient and kind to yourself and good things will come. See you next time.